And this goes right, you know, full circle back into Halloween itself. If it's not something you're passionate about, it's okay. If it's something you're passionate about, own it. And don't judge people who aren't. You know, it's, it is that um, live and let live and, and, and honor the diversity. And uh, it is something that, for me, it is, it is freeing. What does it mean to bring light to a situation? Can you celebrate Halloween and it not be evil or bad? Of course, this question may seem silly, but it's worth asking because really, do we operate out of fear or do we operate out of freedom? These are just a couple of the things we cover today, talking with Austin Fletcher, host of New Age Christianity. I love this conversation because it brings out so much of why we do what we do and how to find truth and true freedom. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert, a safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the outcomes. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, this is The Reckless Pursuit, and my name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And this is episode 88, and we are talking with Austin Fletcher. Austin is the host of New Age Christianity, quite an amazing podcast that I am actually an avid listener of. He's also the founder of NewAgeChristianity.org, and he's returning guest here on the show. We brought him on to finalize our entire October conversation surrounding Halloween and all things spooky. And this was just a really great conversation about should or shouldn't you celebrate Halloween, personal conviction, intent. Uh, we tied in a little bit even talking about superstition, and then we really just got to talking about how to unify the church and what unity looks like and what it means to pursue truth and find freedom. And it was just a very deep intimate conversation that went a lot of different directions, but it's just, it was very life-giving, honestly. It was like two podcast episodes rolled into one. So I loved this conversation. I'm just going to skip right to it because uh, it's worth just cutting right to the chase. So here is our conversation with Austin Fletcher, host of New Age Christianity. All right, everyone, we are back with Austin Fletcher, host of the New Age Christianity podcast and founder of NewAgeChristianity.org. It's .org, right? I got that right, right? Yes. Sweet. Yep. Yeah, so Austin, we've been trying to get this interview scheduled with you. We've had audio issues. We have had scheduling <laughs> issues. We have had family emergencies. So finally, we are here actually Not recording. Knock on wood. Yeah. Hey, that's superstition. The devil didn't want us to do this. Yeah. It was definitely the devil. Satan yes. himself were in our uh, Wi-Fi. That was what, what yes. it was right there. Yeah. Sure. We're, we're kind of a big deal. We are. <laughs> we're big enough for Satan himself to show up and stop this episode. That's impressive. Yep. <laughs> so just props to us guys. Anyway, so Austin. <laughs> oh, man. So we're here. We're talking about Halloween. We're talking about New Age practices, all the, all the different stuff. We're just going to roll with it. So Austin, uh, before we get into any of that, dude, I've got to say like some of your recent episodes have been absolutely like great. Today's my gym day. So I get to catch up on your newest stuff today. But uh, for anyone listening, uh, Austin's show New Age Christianity is one of like maybe three, maybe three shows that are remotely 
spiritual and I emphasize I feel like your show is like not even really categorized in those but of all of them yours is actually one I listen to on the regular and keep up with so props to you on that because whenever you get busy hosting and doing podcasts I'm sure you understand you kind of lose time keeping tabs of shows but uh I especially and I'm just gonna do a shout out here your episode on meditation I absolutely adored it so if you want to even talk a little bit about that today I'm open for that too but uh it was very, very good and put into words something that I wish I could so elegant, eloquently say. So props on that. What, what do you got coming down the pipeline? So um, actually this week is going to be the one-year uh, episode. Oh, wow. It's Congratulations. The, 50, the 52nd episode. So um, I'm going to be – actually, I just got off an interview with Bob Hutchins mm-hmm. from uh, Rumors of Grace. <laughs> Yeah, right? shout out to Bob this for is- interviewing both of us on the same day. <laughs> What's up, Bob? Um, it was a great interview, but uh, so out of often out of my own mouth comes stuff that I'm like, I need to take notes right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I had one of those at the end. I'm like, so Jesus says that uh, the truth shall set you free. And uh, Bob's questions were kind of like, well, what is true? You know, it was kind of that, that classic, like, you know, how do you define truth and what is it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a spiral and, and, is there such a thing as like an, an, an ultimate definitive truth that there's nothing to learn after that? And, and it was a really good discussion on truth. And mm-hmm. I thought, man, I I do enjoy that. And I do enjoy kind of the mental um, searching for this nebulous, I mean, even Jesus with Pilate, what is mm-hmm. truth? I mean, it's, it's kind of this classic question that humanity has been seeking for. And I think in some ways, and this came out of my mouth in the interview, and I was like, holy crap, this is really good stuff. <laughs> and I'm going to do an episode on it because it is exactly what New Age Christianity is about. And that is the truth shall set you free. So if you reverse that and realize that truth, true truth feels like freedom. <laughs> so what if instead of pursuing truth mentally, what if you just switch to a more emotive pursuit in life and actually just pursued freedom. Mm-hmm. That's good. And That's good. what would happen if you pursued the things that set you free, you would wake up one day and feel yourself surrounded by truth. Yeah. That's right. Because if, if that's what truth does, then you should be able to follow the intuitive leading of freedom. And uh, he initially is like, so you're saying like the pursuit of happiness. And I was like, actually, no, because sometimes freedom feels makes is very hard sometimes it ruins your life sometimes it's scary as hell sometimes it's really the most difficult decision but you know that it's freedom and so it's not about just finding what makes you happy and what makes you feel good because sometimes that doesn't so uh, i'm going to actually unpack that more and for me that is what this entire podcast is my entire project is the pursuit of freedom and um it, it kind of hit me out of my own mouth again it was like holy crap this is perfect for the one-year episode it's perfect for kind of summing up what new age christianity is the pursuit of freedom yeah i really like that especially because going back i think so many of us have our uh issues that we've had in the past from people pursuing you know air quotes here on truth right like the pursuit of truth almost becomes dogmatic it becomes a box that we Mm -hmm. trap ourselves into when everyone has their specific truth Right. Yeah. Truth is a very subjective thing. So I really like that. Very cool. So I'm excited for all that. So everyone go subscribe to Austin because you need to be keeping tabs and on congratulations everything. Congratulations on a year. Yes. Congratulations on Thank a you. year. That's your, that's yeah. big stuff. You guys you went out. It is, man. You guys are what? You're all you're well over. You're you're in like episodes nineties and the nineties, right? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. we're we're close. Yeah, we're uh we'll be a year in March or two years in March, so which is crazy. Yeah. 
given two years That's of my cool. life behind this microphone. Anyway, so Austin, why are <laughs> we going to hell for dressing up and having candy? Oh my gosh. Oh, um, so you might, you guys might actually be a little bit surprised with my answer. I've, I've, I've thought about telling you before, but there is, because of what I've seen in the new age world and what I've seen in my journey, there is, it's one of those things that's like people can go so overboard with that they're, the devil's in there and it's going to get, you know, it's going to get you. And at the same time, I think we can also go in with a little bit of a, I don't know, a, little, a measure of immaturity and like bring our guard all the way down that here's the, here's the truth that there is, there are demons are real and they are mostly found in church, um, but they can be found everywhere. And so it's one of those things that's like, I did an episode with the Epic podcast on, on this. And I realized at the end of it, I kind of realized, you know what, for me, it all comes down to intent. And if you have a bunch of, a bunch of believers or a bunch of quote unquote Christians engaging in Halloween in an, in the opposite way. And they're doing their harvest festivals and they're doing their, you know, all of that stuff to try to like fight the darkness. What you're actually doing energetically is you're just empowering darkness. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's not about fighting Halloween. It's not about fighting, you know, demons and warlocks and devils. It's about acknowledging that there's an energy people carry about Halloween. And so I would kind of go at this kind of, you know, it's, are you for it or against it? Well, actually I'm for being against the darkness, but not fighting it in the sense of, I don't know, this is hard to explain, but when you go celebrate, bring the light and celebrate it. Like I've never, I haven't celebrated Halloween for my adult life. In the early years, it was because I was one of those like, well, it's the devil and it's darkness. And the last few years, it's just because it, it's, I've not had my reason. And I, I don't personally enjoy scary movies. Um, I've had experiences as a kid <laughs> that, that make it very, like, that stuff's challenging for me to, like, get excited about. But uh, you guys know me. Hopefully you know me by now. Like, uh, I could care less about what other people do if it's producing the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentle self-control, if it's producing joy, it's producing those kind of things, then more power to you. Have a blast. I'll, I'll celebrate you along the way. Uh, for me, the scary stuff can be, can kind of be triggering from, from experiences I've had in my past. And so I've stayed away from it for in later years just because I was like, well, I'm just not going to go there. But it wasn't like a judgmental religious thing. But this year, I've kind of flipped a switch of realizing, wait a minute, I do know better. So what if, I actually go celebrate this thing with the intention of, so if you have the entire world taking an evening, taking a day to celebrate a certain energy, and let's say there really are people doing sacrifices and and doing evil on October 31st, which there are, then what if you actually had a whole bunch of people also celebrating, but not just ignorantly celebrating, not just ignorantly kind of engaging energetically with a party and opportunity, you know, um, in the episode with the Epic, we talked about how a lot of like, it's, it's a license. It's kind of like a modern day. It's a real life version of the purge for a lot of adults, right? (laughs) They go out and that's the one day a year they can put a mask on and they can do whatever they want. Um, And I think you can do that ignorantly, but what if you did that with the, with a powerful intention of, being joyful and light and happy. I love what you guys do with your, your, your Halloween party 
you guys are, are pushing into this very intentionally, very much about like, look, we're going to, it's not even about taking it back. I'm not even going there. Like, let's take it back. It's not, it's about just celebrating with your friends and, jo- and joyfully experiencing a time to, to dress up or whatever it is that you do, but do it realizing that I am, I'm bringing an intention into this evening globally that I believe is needed and it's something that I'm celebrating and I, I do think it's worth a conversation worth having a, a quote-unquote reframing that I personally this year and largely because of you guys because I knew I had a feeling I knew where you were, knew where you were going I've seen follow you guys on Facebook and a lot of the stuff that you've done and I'm looking at it going I've I don't I'm not against Halloween I'm just not really for it either so what where does that leave me and um realizing like wow what if because of what I know because of who I am what if I engaged with Halloween on purpose in the right direction um and then suddenly now I'm adding my energy globally in a in the opposite direction of what everyone's afraid of and but everyone is afraid of those things for a reason i mean i have found i have found sacrificed cats and a and a pentagram on yeah, the ground there's a reason on, that uh you can't buy a black cat from a humane society on certain times mm-hmm. of the year like that's a very legitimate reason so you know i've seen that stuff and i've experienced as a kid i found those that that sacrifice site next to my school right it was a christian school like um i've had experiences so there's the reason that Christians are so afraid of it because there is some, something there, but their fear, what they don't realize is that their fear is just adding to it. The law of vibration and the law of attraction, just they're part of the problem. So how do you fight it? Do you be part of the solution? Say, you know, I'm going to celebrate this. I'm going to have a blast. I'm going to have a good time with my friends. I'm, I'm going to do this the right way. And kudos to you guys for not only helping me kind of examine this in a new way, but, uh, you know, I know you guys, um, this is this is one of the things that you're fairly passionate about, Elaine. Isn't it you? You're pretty dang passionate yes. about. Yeah, it. yeah it's Elaine's, my favorite holiday. I wish I could pan up. I have to do it whenever we get off. This yeah. entire three shelves above us is nothing but Elaine's Halloween like collection right yeah. now. So, you know, it's interesting because Elaine is actually the one that pulled me out of my shell about it too. I used to have a huge phobia of dressing up because I thought I was giving a false representation of myself, and I was so scared of being something I wasn't. And it seems kind of silly to me now, but I was like, I would refuse to dress up for like a large portion of my, like my young, like, I guess like later teen years and stuff. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to falsely represent who I am, which I really realized was just my own lack of confidence in myself and something that's kind of beside the point here, but something you said that I love because it's exactly what I said on our last episode is it's about intent. Everything comes down to intent, whatever you're doing, if you have negative intentions, and like you said, fighting negativity, I mean, psychology backs that up. Whatever you think about, even if you're trying to think about not thinking about something, you're still it. thinking about it. You know, you're fueling that negative thought. And so uh, I, I love just that whole idea. And I, I kind of reference, you know, this TikTok video we posted with the Ouija board and stuff. And people are like, don't you understand the power you're holding and the negative forces and the doors you're opening? And I'm like... First of all, it's a placemat, yeah, <laughs> not it's, the actual Ouija board game. It's just a placemat. <laughs> and, and for two, like, <laughs> it's just a mass-produced item. If you want to use it for negative intentions, I'm sure you very much can. Or you can use it to make a funny video, and it doesn't hold any authority over my life because I don't give it that authority. So I really want to push in. Do you think uh, – I, I, I kind of feel where you're going with this. A lot of um, personal conviction is involved in in – pretty much anything, but especially with something like this. Like, what would you say to someone who has 
convictions about this day or anything like that? For me, the first question I have, I would ask, and this would be a genuine question, not judgy, not assumptive, but genuine, is I would ask that person, okay, just take a moment and find, is there any fear? Are you, is there any fear in your perspective on this? And because fear is clearly the, not the right energy to, to pursue any um, change in, in spiritual truth. So um, that would be the first question I would have, because I think a lot of people just are. Um, a lot of people are afraid of making a mistake. A lot of people are afraid of being wrong. A lot of people are afraid of getting something on them. You know, to which then I would then say, "Are you? Do you have Christ inside you? Yes. Are you powerful? Yes. Do you have the light? Yes." So Jesus walked through hell itself, and he came out as the only one th- that with the victory. Right? How many demons? How many dark? How many dark spirits? Everything. He came out the victor. So we can go through. We can hold a Ouija board and not get any get any of it on us. Right? If you have fear, guess what you guess what that Ouija board's gonna grab onto? It's not gonna grab onto your light, it's gonna grab onto your dark. And so, you know, number one, are, is your conviction, is your passion about this, does it have any rooting in fear? It would be my first question. That's good. That's really good. So with that, uh, what are some areas that you have personally noticed or what are some areas we can work through some of those fears? Like how do we even recognize whenever we're out operating out of fear versus out of, you know, our light or out of faith? <laughs> how to recognize when you're operating out of fear. Now that, that is a book. Um, <laughs> Get right. <laughs> right. It is, it is so incredibly personalized mm-hmm. in my experience. Um, I would say Probably some of the markers, I'm just spitballing off the top of my head, probably some of the markers that I've seen in just about everybody when they operate in fear is that they are afraid of of slowing down and logically thinking about something, right? So they like to throw platitudes at it. They like to throw, you know, rote answers and anybody who says, no, 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 let's actually, you know, why? So tell me, please tell me, can you explain to me why? God needed to murder Jesus in order to be satisfied with you. Can we have a discussion about this doctrine that you you are too afraid to talk about? Because it, truth should stand on its own. And we all say that until one of our so-called truths gets challenged, and we don't trust it to stand on its own. So fear often looks like the inability to have an honest conversation. And it's one of those things that's very easy to kind of you can talk 20 minutes without talking, right? And so it's it's so nuanced and it does take an open conversation between people to say, you realize we've been talking for 20 minutes and you still haven't actually said anything. Like, this sounds like fear to me. So the inability to be logical. Um, and I would say the other one, you know, the, the kind of common standard that I've seen is the need to defend yourself. And it, you take it, it, it's that personal Suddenly it's about me and it's about, well, why don't you agree with me? Why do you, why? And again, truth should be able to stand. It naturally should speak for itself. It should stand on its own. It shouldn't need your identity to defend it. And so um, when people talk about Halloween and they don't want to talk about the beauty of, of the value of, of the, the festival of Sawain, you know, the, the old Celtic festival and how cool it was and, if you're not even willing to have that conversation, you're not willing to take an honest look at the beauty of something, you're in fear. 
for some reason or another. And it's not to say that you're a loser and you're stupid. It's just to, hey, you need to realize that there's something you're afraid of here. There's something you've been taught that is not letting you have an honest conversation. And then often, if it's deep fear, then it turns into, so you're saying I'm not, and then suddenly they take it as personal attack and and enter that second level of fear not only doesn't stand on its own, but it also can't speak for itself. So yeah. I think those are the two that, and then everything else from there is, I'll have to figure out the rest yeah. of the chapters. Very, of the hey, very good for pulling that off. That yes. was very deep for a, a pop fly like yeah. that. So very That's nice. That's the introduction. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, right? uh, kind of shifting just a little bit, you're uh, very um, inter- intertwined, involved. I don't know. You you have both camps. New Age, like people who came out of New Age is a more toward Christianity, people who came out of Christianity more toward New Age. You're kind of a bridge between the two, right? And mm-hmm. so... Uh, just speaking because of the season, but this really just goes in general. What are some of those similarities you see from like, because Soin is an old, you know, Celtic tradition and New Age isn't new. New Age is quite old and it has roots in more earth-based magic and and earth-based practices. You know, we can use fancy words like magic, but what is magic? I mean, uh, pharmacology is considered magic and witchcraft at one time. Like all these different things that have these (laughs) different you know, backstories and everything. So what are some of the uh, similarities between new age practices and Christianity? And I kind of think this all kind of ties back into your intent, but I just, I really want to hear your heart on that. So I have a cool story with this one. Um, I was uh, in Detroit uh, a few weeks ago at a, and there was a store there where that was a Druid store. Yes. I went into a Druid store and guess what? I didn't get any of it on me. Wow. I'm so lucky. Um, <laughs> I think I just saw your door open witness. behind you. You may want to be careful. There. Yeah, well, that's, that's Bob. That's oh, okay. <laughs> as long as you know. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I went in and they were doing, it just happened to be a day that they were doing their weekly um, ritual. And they even said, like, we're going to do ritual today. You're welcome to join us. Uh, you're welcome to keep looking around the store. And there was somebody there like filming it um, for a project at school. They're like, do you, you know, do you mind if we film? And I'm like, I'm good. You know, I don't think, I don't know if I ever got in the film, but uh, so um, I'm there with a couple of friends and they're doing this ritual and they go through this, like they call it ritual. We would call it a church service. And literally the, about halfway through as they're going through and they started with a song and then they went to kind of like some call and response stuff. And then the leader like said some things off of his heart. And then they, you know, like, <laughs> I started laughing. I started laughing out loud. And my friend's like, dude, stop it. I'm like, what? They're like, they think you're laughing at them. And I'm like, oh, no, I wasn't laughing at them. I was laughing because I'm listening to the things they're saying. They're talking about. God, they're not, they're not calling it God. They're calling, I think the Druid is superior or something like that. Like the different, the names were different, but the concepts were the same. They talked to, to Holy Spirit. They talked to, to Mother Earth. They talked to like, and they'd use different words. And the prayers were exactly the same contextually to the same entities to the, and, and I'm literally laughing. And, and my friend was like, why are you, you know, well, what are you laughing about? And I'm like, because Christians think that they're the only ones who love God. Christians think they're the only ones who want to do good. Christians think they're the only ones who want to live better lives and love their neighbor and sacrifice themselves for the ones they love. Christians think they're the only ones that want to give and change the world and, and be, make God proud. 
And so, you know, you, you talk about what are the similarities? Most of the time, the similarities are at the heart level. The similarities are, are their intent. As you said, it's, it is people wanting to be the best they can be. It's wanting to, people wanting to be powerful. It's people wanting to be kind. They want to be impactful in other people's lives. And, you know, dare I say, the fruits of the Spirit. They want to be more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more kind, more gentle, more, you know, have more self-control. They, they want those fruits of the Spirit. And they use different language and they use different rituals. And what used to, I used to think that, the fact that there's 44,000 different Christian denominations was an abomination, right? And that if we were really Christian, we would all be one. And now I'm like, oh, good on us. Good on, good on all of these different people for figuring out what really drives them. Shame on us for having to like drive them out and have them denominated. But as far as the desire to worship God a specific way, you know, I'm, I'm in a group that majors on understanding the Bible. I'm in a group that majors on understanding healing. I'm in a group that majors on understanding doing good for the poor. I'm in a group that majors on understanding how to go into heaven and have a spiritual experience. Good on you. Like that, again, shame on us for having to denominate, but good for us for kind of embracing the difference it is, we are a body for a reason. You have fingers and toes and kneecaps and cheekbones for a reason. And, you know, there's 12 tribes for a reason. And uh, I think most of the similarities are on the heart level. And the problem is, is that we don't take the time to listen to that. And we just look at the actions and they go, well, you're wrong. That is also how you open yourself up to other religions, open yourself up to other traditions. You know, I don't know, man. I just, if you weren't born in Western culture, and you were born in, into Islam, or you were born into Hinduism, or you were born into Buddhism, what, what do we expect from those people? Honestly, do we expect them to, to not buy into the, to the religion that has brought them some super kind people in their life and go, you know, I want to be like that guy. Well, what does that guy believe? Oh, he's a Buddhist. Well, then I'm going to believe that. Like, that's how you, hopefully, hopefully that's how you became a Christian is that you found something that was light and love and peace and you pursued that. So what do we expect from people who aren't surrounded by Christians? Yeah, that's I don't good. Know, I could go on for hours. Well, no, that's really good because something that's really been hitting me really hard lately is just the realization that there are so many people out there who don't claim Christ, who act and behave and operate out of the love of Christ deeper than a lot of the way we teach Christ. Like the whole like, I'm going to teach you hell so you're scared into salvation that is so Satan, right? That's the epitome of evil, and we're tricking people. I mean, honestly, that is the great deceiver, right? Like, you're deceiving people into this relationship based on this fear, and if anything is based on fear, it can't be based on true love, and people go their whole lives, and they grow up, and they become dogmatic, and they preach, and they abuse behind that, but my heart's really been broken for those people because that's what they know. They're reacting out of this pain that they were tricked into taking on as salvation hmm. I, so i can't help but just want to ask people like what do you think the tree of the knowledge of good and evil really is mm -hmm. because i'm pretty dang sure it's religion mm -hmm. that's good so is it simple as that is it safe to practice any of these other things what 
What a, I'm being really vague here intentionally, okay? I'm leaving the floor wide open. I'm asking some really dumb questions. Is it safe? I was going to say, because I know a lot of people are, like a lot of Christians are like, oh, essential oils, like holistic healing and stuff like that. And then other Christians are like, oh no, that's against the Bible. I would never do that. And the same thing with incense and crystals and all this stuff. And I'm like. Yeah, just pick your poison. It doesn't really matter like which one. One church over here is okay with this. The other one says that's evil, but they're okay with this. And the next church in the line says, well, all of it's evil. Yeah. And it's just really like, why are we even arguing about this type of stuff? Like like you said, it goes back to your intention. Like if you have essential oils because your intention is to, you know, make yourself feel better, help somebody else feel better, then do that. Or if you believe that there's power in crystals or incense and stuff like that, like do that if it's for good, but if it's for bad, like don't do that. But I think a lot of people forget that other people besides Christians also have good intentions. And I know a lot of people um, say, or I guess a lot of Christians have like this dirty rag mentality or other people who aren't Christians can't be good people. They can't be good people by themselves. And there was this church that we had recently went to and they had this small group for women and it was called Real Women. And it just, there was a lot of other things about this specific church that really like (laughs) got under our skin. But I was like, a real woman, what does that mean? Like I, you can be a real woman and not be a Christian. Like it just really bothered me. And I was just like, what do you mean? I'm a real woman. Like I don't, it had nothing to do. I'm sure the actual small group had to do with God, but like the title, none of it, it was just very vague. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know what that means. What does a real woman mean? Because I, I know a lot of people who aren't Christian women who are, in fact, real women. So I don't, I we don't got, know. We got Elaine off over here <laughs> yeah. on the soapbox now. See what's <laughs> happened? She don't get on soapboxes. There it. she goes. I think, I mean, would you say Christianity is more open or closed than we make it out to be? Oh, this is an honest question. <laughs> this is an opportunity for you to rant. It's an is what this question is. for some people. We're, we're we're the hosts on this, end, so we're trying to give you the room to express yourself. Oh also. my gosh, uh, I would absolutely say it's way more closed than they like to think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the those of us who start to open up immediately get branded and labeled. Yeah, as as heretics, as dangerous, as crazy. Um, I was at uh, my doctor's office recently. I love him to death. He was, in, and uh, I was just telling him some of the the belief changes that I've experienced. Um, starting to look more into ideas like reincarnation, or um, you know, I think that was the specific one. That uh, suddenly he was like, "Well, I just, I don't know. I couldn't, I, I couldn't leave Christianity. I couldn't leave Jesus, and and you know, turn all that away." and understand that by grace you're saved and it's not by works and and he just kind of started preaching at me and i'm like i i haven't left that you know oh i think you have he says i think you have i'm like no i i actually and i and i respect him enough to work we're close enough um he's my chiropractor we're going to him for five years so you know we've had some really good conversations and it wasn't it wasn't about i wasn't offended and i wasn't trying to like you know start anything but i'm like in the back of my mind i'm like no i can I can describe who Jesus is and go through the scriptures. Um, I said, you know, you want to know that Jesus talks about uh, how uh, John the Baptist was actually Elijah, if you can handle it. And I said, it's, it's, it's Jesus actually tags on if you can handle it. Like, and he goes, that's in there. I'm like, yep, go look it up. Like, 
you talk about crystals and and oil, you know, uh, oil. Like, hello, they spend a lot of time talking about how the anointing oil was made for it to, for its makeup to not be important, or the crystals, the the stones on the breastplate of righteousness. All of this stuff that Christians are freaking out about. There's remnants of it inside of the scripture that um, you know, and I people often think I've just thrown the Bible out, and they don't realize that I know it so well that I have that I can unpack all the ways in which that ceremony over there, that Druid ritual, actually is very biblical, you know, and it drives them nuts when I do it because then they can't argue with it. But it's, uh, yeah, I think Christians think they're open because they think they're like Jesus, but in fact, they're like the Pharisees. And um, it's okay. I used to get mad about it. Um, I don't anymore. I I just kind of look for those who are on the same path, who have heard the call of the Spirit. And I will tell you that my kind of, my foyer into kind of even the idea of reincarnation or, you know, kind of that you're here to learn the lessons you need to learn has freed me up to realize, hey, maybe this time around, my brother's not meant to discover the truths that I'm here for. And maybe he's he's here and, you know, here's the, here's the dearly little secret. Is it produce more produce more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? You know what? The idea of reincarnation has produced more love, more joy, more peace, and patience for me. Um, I can be more kind to people who disagree with me because I can realize that that's not where they're here. So, if I pursue freedom, maybe I'll find truth. As I said earlier on, if I pursue truth, I'll probably find bondage. And so, you know, for better or worse, that's the path I've chosen to walk, and it's how I've chosen to walk it. Um, you know, those who want to those who it sounds like a good idea, let's go. And if it sounds scary as hell and it, you know, sounds risky and maybe you're going to get some devil on you, then maybe this isn't your time. You can judge me all you want. I'm good with not judging you because I got plenty to do. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. That's very well said. And I think it's just, it's beautiful to realize when you, when you are able to realize Christianity is such a fragmented religion. I say that very intentionally it's it there's so many influences from so many different places sewn in i mean you look at israel and all of their history all their different captivities all the different influences they had on him that was all you know on those people god that was intentional because i think that it is a unification of just god's people and all the different philosophies and all these different little fragments we have of god that when it comes together it makes a beautiful mosaic so I love that. I've never considered that, that that all those captivities were intentional. I've studied that in so many different ways, but that's actually really, I, I think that's genius, like to realize like even who Israel became and what their religion became. Absolutely. If you don't know that how influenced they were by, by Egyptian thought, by Babylonian thought, by Roman thought, by Greek thought, then you are ignorant. And I'm not ignorant of those things. I just never kind of put them all together yeah. like, God did that on purpose. Hmm. Thank you. I don't know where that came from either. That's one of those things where I'm like, I need to do an episode about yeah, that. Now. Writing it down over. I was just going to say, I know a lot of Christians, whenever you start, like, that's where the fear comes in is whenever you can't have those conversations, when you can't look at context, when you can't look at the history and you start saying, oh, well, there's a lot of intertwining religions and practices. Then they start getting scared and they're like, oh no, that's of, of the devil. Cause the devil wants to confuse you. And, it's there's only one God and only one history and all this stuff. And that's where the fear comes in is because they don't 
want to know or they're scared that if they start knowing things, they're just like in Genesis when they ate the fruit of wisdom and then they're like, oh, I know too much and, you know, I I have too much information and I don't like they may question their own faith or question if God's real and stuff. But the beauty is there is so, so many things that are similar than there are different. And if we would just focus on our similarities, and like you said, you know, it's it's great that everyone has their churches if they want to spend more of their time learning about biblical history or healing and all that stuff. But then whenever you start over-focusing on those differences, that's when you have the segregated denominations and then people, you know, pointing fingers, even though we're all Christians. It yeah. reminds me of that Spider-Man meme. I don't know if you Where, know what I'm talking about, it's like, Austin. I am you. <laughs> yeah, where two, the two Spider-Mans are pointing at yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Austin. I'm going to give you the floor before we wrap up here. You got anything else you want to throw at us? Uh, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking about um I used to have this idea about the the church. I haven't spent much time thinking about it because New Age Christianity is my answer to years and years of thought on and and trial and error on how do you do church in the new age? You know, on the previous episode, I did unpack a bit that new age Christianity is not as much about mixing two religions as it is about understanding that everything's changing in the age of Aquarius. And if you look at, there's not a system in the world that isn't going under, undergoing massive shifts and massive change. And for me and my part, I want to participate in a positive way for that same shift in the, tradition of religion or the tradition of spirituality and thought. Um, and so I haven't spent much time thinking about these things in the last few years, but one thing that I used to always kind of push against when, when you consider all of the different the traditions inside of Christianity is what if, you know, Paul always wrote his letters to the church of Christ in this city. Right, so I live in a place called Traverse City. It's it's a smaller city. It's it's by no means is the size of a, you know, a, a San Antonio or Dallas or anything. Like I I I live. I think there's maybe a hundred thousand people here. We have one mall. We have a good movie theater, but only one. Um, and so it's a perfect kind of microcosm to be able to say, okay, the Church of Christ in Traverse City. What would it look like if instead of my church trying to have all the parts of the body? What if I realize that I just love focusing on helping the poor and I'm a senior pastor and let's be honest, because I love helping the poor, I'm going to preach about it a lot. I'm going to have a lot of ideas about it because I meditate on it because I'm, I'm going to gather people around me who think a lot about it as well. We're probably going to have a board that's pretty passionate about helping the poor. We might even open up a shelter or a food bank or something like that, because that's what our church does, because that's who I am as a senior leader. And at the same time, I'm told, well, it's the full body of Christ. So apparently we also need a nursery and we need a, you know, a youth program. And we also need some business leadership stuff and a family thing. None of that am I passionate about. I'm, it's pulling teeth, trying to get anybody in my church to lead those things. But I'm trying to have my church be the entire body because that's what we're supposed to be. Instead, what if I just embrace the fact that the body of Christ in Traverse City was all the churches in Traverse City? And what if I just allowed myself to be super passionate about helping the poor? 
and I attracted to my church all the people who were super passionate about helping the poor. Even if the liturgy was different or if the music was wrong, if if you're helping the poor and let's say you're helping the poor and you're a Methodist church and you've got your kind of high church and there's a charismatic who also is just super passionate about helping the poor, I'm almost willing to bet that they'll still go to your church because you're you're meeting their passion. Now, what if somebody comes to my church and they're a Methodist and they've moved into town? They go, I hear you're Methodist church. And you go, yes, we're about building the poor. And they go, well, I would really like to start a leadership, you know, uh, heaven in church, heaven in business concept. And you go, you know what? Uh, Pastor Bob down the street is super passionate about how kingdom can invade the, the marketplace. It's a Baptist church, but I guarantee you, he's going to be preaching on the thing you're passionate about three out of four Sundays a month. As a matter of fact, Bob and I are great friends. We're the, we're the help the poor church. And this is what we do. And it's probably going to be frustrating to you because we're not going to meet you where you're at. But if you go down to this other part of the body of Christ, because the body is more than just my church, it's the entire city. What would happen if the churches started treating each other like body parts, instead of trying to force people inside their church to do things because, well, apparently we're supposed to do all the things. I think if there's any way to, for years I thought, if there was any way to revive that old model, and I'm not sure there is, I'm, I'm being a, maybe a bit pessimistic at this point, I'm not sure there is, but if there is, it has to be in the acknowledgement that the body is bigger than just my church. It has to be in the, in the acknowledgement that the ideas that I'm passionate about are my passions. And they're not necessarily God's eternal passions for the world. There's something I'm passionate about. And I can honor Pastor Bob, who has this huge men's group because they're all CEOs and they're changing this community through their way. And we're helping the poor and they're, and they're changing the businesses of the community and so on and so forth. I think if there's anybody who listens to this podcast and they're still trying to figure out, because we've talked about kind of New Age Christianity is a little bit further down the chain uh, maybe one or two links from where you guys you guys are, at least where you were. Um, and so maybe you have some people in your audience who are still trying to like, man, how can I, how can I fix this? How can I, how can I readjust the vision for my church? That's, I submit that to, and I do feel it's a bit spirit led. So I submit that to your audience to say, Hey, embrace your passion and embrace it and own it. And as you own it and embrace it, stop judging people who don't have it. Like, it's okay that they don't want to do what you want to do. It's a body for a reason. There's 12 tribes for a reason. And then, and this goes right, you know, full circle back into Halloween itself. If it's not something you're passionate about, it's okay. If it's something you're passionate about, own it. And don't judge people who aren't. You know, it's, it is that um, live and let live and, and, and honor the diversity. And uh, it is something that, for me, it is, it is freeing. And it does produce more patience, more kindness, and more love. I was about to say that to ties just, right back into the the aspect of freedom. Of if that's something, if this church is passionate about that, it's going to produce freedom in that person. It's going to produce truth in them because they're pursuing what brings mm -hmm. them light, what brings them that very thing. I love it. Very good, Austin. Always a pleasure. I love these conversations. I guess. Maybe we've been uh, had a couple extra weeks to mull over this one, but I'm happy that we got it out there. No and I love. Difficulties. Yes, I didn't go on a glitchy rant. I'm gonna have to like throw that up 
on our Instagram and be uh -huh. like, so if you're listening to this, we're going to throw that up on our Instagram because I have the video where I glitched out. You can see Austin's face because it happened before and we thought we fixed it. And I just go on this laughing glitch nonstop. And it was hilarious because you thought I was joking and I could just see your expression go from laughing just to like, oh, Concerned. it's serious. It's really going yeah, on like again. <laughs> It was Maybe great. you can put that on the overlying music to set the mood. I'm going to make a dub mix of me just laughing in the background. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, very, <laughs> make a trap beat out of that. Very cool, Austin. Thank you so much, guys. Anywhere Austin is, it'll be linked up. Uh, the NAC community is actually uh, linked through Nomads. So if you're a part of Nomads, uh, you can find Austin's community there in the recommended group section, but we'll throw a link down for it as well. And of course, your podcast, your website, everything you have going on. And guys, seriously, go check it out, especially his meditation episode and everything he's doing right now. It's just like been super on like yeah. on fire. So props to you, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Very humbling. Austin, thank you again for coming on and sharing all that that conversation grew to be. It's always a joy talking with you. Guys, if you have not done so thus far, go check out his stuff over at New Age Christianity. You can find it wherever you're listening to this very podcast. Unless you're listening on our website, then you need to go down to our show notes and click the link. One way or another, it's all linked up in the show notes. Go and find it. Guys, as always, we invite you to Nomads, a safe community for Christians to ask unsafe questions, which is also linked to Austin's group, the NAC community. You can find him there as well. Guys, we love you all. We thank you for taking time out of your day and spending it with us. And we look forward to next time. And as always, be brave. Be bold. And be reckless. We'll talk soon.